Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Okay, podcast starts now. Podcast starts now. Welcome um, all of the globe to... Welcome all of the globe. You know, often people welcome part of the globe. They'll say, hey, Western Hemisphere, what's poppin'? And I've always found that to be so offensive, because what about that other hemisphere? Exactly, exactly. What do they say? Which one do they welcome? Uh, the Western Hemisphere. The Western, yes. I always, I, I have a t-shirt that says, what about the Eastern Hemisphere? <laughs> well, mine is a little less specific. I say, what about the other one? Because, you know, I hear Western Hemisphere and I'm like, yeah. well, how many others are there? And well, I actually don't really like label. I, I have a shirt that says, uh, remember both hemispheres. <laughs> I my, my shirt says, remember hemispheres in general i'm not going to put a label on how many there are because lord knows there could be some hemispheres that i don't know about that's right you know the smartest person knows that they don't know how many hemispheres there are the ultimate binary the ultimate binary really is the eastern versus western hemisphere and people don't talk about how it's a spectrum no country (laughs) and, and it's the same with time zones you know we it's a very um it is a very math focused model and I think there are so many different ways we could divide up the globe. I mean, if you think about it, it's so unimaginative to divide it based on uh, based on time, based on location, when it could just be like part of the globe is 
pink and part of it is purple and part of it is orange. You know, this is something I've thought about a lot and I've even talked about this on stage. You know, one time I went to Chile and, you know, a lot of people think that, oh, when you go across the globe, that's over. But actually you can go across the globe down and nobody Mm. talks about that. And, you know, people tried to erase sort of my travel experience. They said, oh, you didn't go to the other side of the world because, you know, you didn't go to, dare I say, China. And I said, well, actually it is the other side of the world, just a different other side of the world. So you need to open up your fucking mind and realize that you can go across the world down. Exactly. And there's a prejudice, and I think this is what you're, you know, this is exactly what you're talking about. There's, people care more about the x-axis than the y-axis. It's disgusting. The favoritism. <laughs> the favoritism, especially with regards to travel. Like, you can literally go from the North Pole to the South Pole, and people will be like, oh, so you're in the same time zone? They're like, okay, cool, so you like poles. It's like, no. I'm <laughs> like, the equator means nothing to people. Oh, it's disgusting. And, 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 and it's it's as intense on the body. You're still sitting on a plane for a long time. Right. I mean, it is. And if anything, the, the, you know, the, the weather changes more if you go up and down. I mean, you'd notice actually more of a difference if you go up and down. I mean, in many ways, it feels it's harder on the body. Right. And, 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 you know, I started out this conversation thinking, you know, we're all equal. X axis is just as good as Y axis. Now I'm coming out the other end of it and I'm actually saying the Y axis is better. <laughs> well, and that's just because like, because the X axis gets so much attention, like it's on us to sort of like lift the Y axis up yeah. and, and, you know, maybe we do have to say it is better so that people start paying attention to it, but it's better. It's better. And I think, um, a lot of the proceeds from our podcast go towards <laughs> raising awareness for the Y axis and the way it, uh, you know, affects the world. I I can't believe our society. God, we should have quit while we were ahead. I don't know. My that that I, I thought it would be funny to do a raising awareness joke, but then it's like, what are you actually raising awareness of? And and then you know maybe it gets too real when people are actually raising money for real things. I mean. It's such a fine line uh, with these with these jokes, and it's a line I always cross in the worst way possible. And you know, it's not your fault. It's like hard. Like we're all looking. Once you feel that riff peak, you're yeah. We're all looking for you know where to hop to next. We think exactly. Well, this obviously isn't the end, but sometimes you're just free falling, and there's exactly. nowhere else to go. I think what I was doing is, even though I was defending the y axis, I had an x x axis mentality. I, I said I want to go forward rather than up and down. <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah you there are depths to explore and you were just saying like well i want to go over like, exactly I go to a new and many would argue that depth is the z-axis but i don't recognize <laughs> that as a valid one for me the y-axis is both height and depth and the x-axis is width i mean the z-axis is like it's a hat on a hat like we, we okay have but now of- is the z-axis actually the most depressed axis of all what because I mean, even we aren't right. Here's what I'm thinking. Okay, it's coming to me. We as white gay men, okay, think the y-axis down. is the most depressed, and we're erasing completely the z-axis. Okay, but to be fair, like the z-axis is like, how are we gonna like when someone's like, I'm traveling? You can't travel the z-axis. You can't like go through the planet, like just on a practical <laughs> level. <laughs> <laughs> wait okay (laughs) counterpoint no (laughs) yes i first of all you're only thinking in terms of going into the planet do you know what else is going through the z-axis going into space right which you can do and people have done 
<laughs> of all genders and sexualities. I mean, you have all genders and sexualities gone into space? If you are a lesbian who has gone into space, <laughs> please email us at stradiolab.com and tell us about your experience. I mean, has there been like a Kinsey one in space who was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, who's like, I'm mostly straight, but I'll jerk off with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Z axis is the Kinsey one of axes in that wow. it's like so rare, like... The the Kinsey one straight leaning male, okay, is the Z axis okay. of sexuality, and the Kinsey scale is three dimensional. Okay, and okay, so then the X axis is um, straight and sort of a, a, the traditional nuclear family. Yeah, and the Y axis is a white gay man. Yes, and also the x-axis is sexuality, the y-axis is gender identity, and the z-axis is uh, general vibe. (laughs) Wow. (sighs) Well, the vibes are on, I would say. The vibes are on. I will say, you know, we went into this um, recording and I said we didn't have anything to talk about, and and I had a light bulb moment and I said, oh, right, I wanted to talk about my new lesbian trainer. And now here we are. Do those categories even exist anymore? No, not anymore. The idea that I would talk about my lesbian trainer. I even had a joke prepared. It's like she's training me to be a lesbian. But like that's why she's a lesbian. But it's like that joke to me is not even on the Y or X axis. It's like right at the center. Well. Okay, it's a little X. (laughs) It's a little X. I, I... It's, you know, this is kind of the the pickle we often find ourselves in where when we have sort of nothing to talk about and we actually stretch that out for 10-ish minutes, it sort of turns into something beautiful. I really enjoy when we have nothing to talk about, but then it turns into, okay, well, actually there was something I wanted to randomly talk about and it's like, well, good luck. It's not going to make any sense now. It's not. And and you know what? I don't want, like, I think ultimately... All I wanted to do was mention that I have a lesbian trainer. (laughs) And that is representation. And that is huge. (laughs) And that's all. Well, um... This idea, I had it in my head, like I would mention it and then it would blossom into this whole thing. And why not just let it be what it is? You have a lesbian trainer. Let the world know. You have this platform. Let it out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Should we just like... What do you think? Should we just bring in our guest? I mean, I think now is the best time to do that. Wait, before we do, if each, if I, me, of you, me, and our guest, who is the x-axis, who is the y-axis, and who is the z-axis? Um, well, not to be a complete and utter bitch, but I'm worried we don't have a z-axis. Okay, see, my, okay. The, in the most basic terms, <laughs> I think it would make sense if you or I were, if you and I together, one of us was X and one of us, of us was Y. So that set the stage for what's going on. And then each guest we brought in was a Z and that kind of brought the, brought the podcast to life. Sure. That makes sense to me. I mean, that makes sense in theory, but in practice, I fear that... Well, we... none of this is none of this is applicable to the real world. 
<laughs> George, you're getting so defensive. It's scaring me. No, but this is like, see, this is my, you know, as you know, both my parents are engineers. So I grew up around axes. And uh, what you have to understand is all of this is theoretical and it can't like you can't actually numbers don't really exist. Decimal points are fake. All of that is for the sake of doing equations. George, you cannot tell me to apply a theory to the practice of the people in this Zoom and then tell me it's all theory and it's not <laughs> applicable in practice. You just can't have it both ways. Do you think theory or practice is... <laughs> <laughs> no, this is like a parody of the Stradio Live episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, we'll talk more about theory and practice in the next episode. Yeah, in theory, we have a <laughs> because guess. Because you guessed it, I have thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, well, uh, let's just, you know what? Let's welcome our guest. Let's just welcome our guest because if we don't, we never will. In and the then, grand tradition of Straight Lab, we're not going to say any of his credits. <laughs> oh, God, no. That would be upsetting. That would be actually embarrassing to him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, please, um, uh, welcome to the mic, Josh Gondaman. Hey, thank you. Um, this is such, it's such a pleasure to join you here. May I start off with a pitch? Yes. Of course. Spinoff queer linear geometry podcast <clears throat> called Axes to Grinder. Oh, <gasps> wow. Whoa. And that's why he has credits that we don't like. <laughs> and that's why he has credits. I mean, and, and it's it's so funny because it's now you're like, wh- where can I see this guy? <laughs> no, We're not going to tell you. No, I don't, I'm not going to tell. No. I don't want people to know. No, this no, 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 no. You're I'm living doing in this, the now. Yes, you're living in the now. You're doing this podcast in secret. Everyone um, uh, 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 kind of um, advised you against it. I do want to say, you know, I was thinking this, and that's, now this is going to feel so down to earth compared to everything we've been talking about. But I was thinking, Sam, like, in terms of past straight guests, it's been Ike was our first straight guest. Sure. Then Nick was going to be our second straight guest, but he revealed that he's a Kinsey one and has, in fact, made out with you. <laughs> yeah, he revealed that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this might be our second real straight guy guest. Well, you can still say Nick is a real straight guy. That's how he mostly identifies. <laughs> Well, mostly identifies. <laughs> I think I do think the word "real." You're right that it is. There's no way to not make it offensive. <laughs> when you when I point to someone and I say, "Are you a real one?" That can never be good. You know, yeah. that can never lead to something that is uh, productive or conducive to social justice. I feel like it only real can only be applied affectionately and and encouragingly in retrospect is in like r.i.p to a real one like you only yes. you don't recognize reality <laughs> until it's no longer there yeah well but 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 what if i said r.i.p to finally a real straight man then that's offensive <laughs> oh yeah definitely offensive <laughs> okay i'm writing down axes like what, what everyone's dad says about when john wayne died <laughs> yeah oh. no it, it is to find a way to make someone's death about kind of the death of masculinity is a very dad thing yeah that's dark like they don't make them like that anymore every anytime someone says that you're like expand on that (laughs) yeah Yeah. okay oh willie Wilton, there's a straight guy who died (laughs) yeah there's a straight yeah exactly um oh my goodness well josh first of all how's it going Imagine if I said terrific. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, one this I do think this has become one of our signatures is 
creating a, a, a um, an environment that is so non-conducive to normal conversation. <laughs> and then just when our guests feel so alienated, giving them such a straightforward question that they're so th- they're more thrown off than if we were literally to be like if the z-axis was an animal what would its gender identity be you know and i would be prepared to consider that but when you said how are you i was like what is he driving at? Right, right. it's like you're you're the math lady meme you're like well, yep. it doesn't add up <laughs> for sure <laughs> i'm okay i've um you know i feel very fortunate to be uh to be home and and working from home and, Mm -hmm. but not going to say I want and not because I can't, not because it's like a big show business project, just because I refuse to let your listeners know where to find me. um, Yeah. As we've discussed. And then, and it's with my, my wife and dog and we have a very tranquil and, and um, loving domestic existence here. Yes. And speaking of your wife, I do want, Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do. I did. I want to just quickly mention, you know, um, Josh, your wife recently in in her podcast interviewed award winning writer George Saunders, yeah. and you said, "I'll I'll do you one better. I'm going to go on the podcast Stradio Lab, hosted by George Tavares <laughs> and Sam Taggart." Look, we all have Georges in our lives. Okay? She's so she's so jealous. I mean, can you imagine? She really thought she was like, "This is really I'm going to have the upper hand now for yeah, for at least a few months." He already had his MacArthur Grant. Yours is still on the horizon. Ours is on the Although, you know, listeners of the podcast will know that Sam, and this is something that was established early on, we did win the first and only ever Presidential Medal of Freedom for podcasting. <laughs> and we got the award during the same ceremony as Ellen. And the reason it wasn't reported is because she cried in such an ugly, disgusting way that then people only reported on Ellen getting <laughs> the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Yeah. That's was- unfortunate that she would overshadow you in that way. It's yeah, well, people were like, oh, my God, she, it's so emotional. They're just crying. No, she was tr- intentionally making, like, a really weird face <laughs> to get press. <laughs> She's an actor. This is what she does. Exactly. That, honestly, it sounds like the worst thing I've ever heard of Ellen doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. Well. Um, I'm like, what are questions? It's like, I'm, I was like, I, I, like I had no, I know, and it's like we have such tr- truly. Oh, Josh oh, is like okay. one of the funniest people, someone I've admired for so long, and all I want to do is hear myself talk, and it's so disgusting. I Here's love it. I'm happy to listen to you to you both talk. This is I'm, I'm having so much fun <laughs> about um, not telling people your credits and not telling them where to find you. Mm-hmm. You know, when people are defined by their work, I, I say remove yourself from this. Like you're so capitalist. Like who are you as an artist? Like as a person? You want to know, right? You want to know where to find me? Being a devoted son to my parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to know where to find me? Watching uh, the sun set. Over the exactly. river. A lot of sun-related things. A lot of sun <laughs> Yes, all types of sun. Mm-hmm. And you said, you know, back when uh, we all used to do stand-up, Josh, you would say, when people would ask you for your credit, you say, devoted sun. Devoted sun. But spell it, say it like it's spelled S-U-N. <laughs> yes. um, remember when stand-up, um, like, when you don't have any credits and you have to like, they're like, do you have a credit? And you have to say like one of the most embarrassing things you've ever done because they're telling you, you have to. Yeah. Just, just say favorite around here. And they're like, well, that's not true. (laughs) Give me something. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Like uh, those like failed, like web. Or you've seen him all over. You've seen him. There are two things that are my favorite. One is you've seen him all over the city or whatever. And the second is you give a credit. That's literally like, 
you know, the uh, what Houston Comedy Festival. And the person says, you've seen him at the Houston Comedy no, Festival. <laughs> absolutely not. If they had the coincidence of a lifetime. <laughs> the coincidence of a lifetime, yes. I've never understood what, like, why they feel the need to do that. It's like, just tell them you're going to like them. This, they don't need to, like, they're not, like children that need to like show you from something it's not a job interview (laughs) no it's insane i I recently learned something that i thought i i truly thought found very inspiring and i i it's a it's a kind of energy i want to channel which is that kate berlant before she had any credits would tell people she was on nurse jackie (laughs) 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 so then the host would be like you've seen her on nurse jackie kate berlant it's so funny gary gullman has a bit i think about lying like being on an airplane and telling someone he was on an episode of jag and which (laughs) and then they go and watch every episode of jag to try to spot him or they're just like oh yeah i probably saw that one (laughs) which is so funny i feel like it's like the similar energy to that yeah no 100 and 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 jag and nurse jackie it's like the perfect nurse jackie is the perfect thing where you're like yeah sure sure Right. Like you're not nobody's gonna be like, fuck you. I've seen yeah. every second. I've seen every frame of Nurse Jackie. And if you were in a single moment of Nurse Jackie, I will eat my hat, madam. <laughs> Ugh, Nurse What if they like reboot Nurse Jackie, the most forgotten and I love Edie Falco, but mm-hmm. talk about a show that has been lost to history. If they came back and they were like You asked for it, we're rebooting Nurse Jackie. What was the one? Oh, I shouldn't make fun of I shouldn't make fun of Nurse Jackie either because I I'm not going to say why why I shouldn't make fun of Nurse Jackie okay. or this other show, but when they announced like two months ago that Dexter was coming back and yeah. every single person went like, <laughs> yeah. was like a very fun moment to me. I know, oh, I know. Dexter, that was like right before real prestige TV. People were like, <laughs> they were like, oh, this is like really good. And then real good shows came out and it was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> it's like, right. Because it's like they everyone's trying to do the Sopranos, right? Which was like the kind yeah. of original premium cable prestige TV. And they were like, oh, what made it good? A main character that kills a bunch of people. A hundred percent. No, and it's like, it is just like tone over everything. It's like aesthetics over everything. Yeah. There were so many shows like that, that um, it was just like really darkly lit. And then the dialogue was written by truly people that were writing for Law & Order SVU. Yeah, for sure. Like- remember the fucking how much he talked about his dark passenger and it was like this is not interesting this is boring <laughs> wait who's dark passenger dexter that was like oh my dark passenger like i need to like kill that's my dark passenger oh that's me. like it was like a metaphor for it like he oh, had a dark passenger yeah. yeah you know what this is something a lot of people are afraid to say i think the one of the best parts of prestige tv was literally just the promotional materials for those shows like I, the sh- promotion for like Nip Tuck and Dexter, the way they like stylized the corpses and like, it was always something so like for Nip Tuck, it would be like a lifeless body that was like stitched together. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, obviously very incredibly misogynist and, and whatever else, but, I, but purely aesthetically speaking, <laughs> <laughs> I just mean like the promotional materials. And I, I remember for Six Feet Under too, like it was like, you know, you would it was like a family standing on grass, but then you would see like the x-ray vision of like the grave. Oh under, yeah. Like the grave Honestly, under I didn't even need the show when I saw those. I would exactly. look at the promotional materials, close my eyes, imagine six seasons. Mm. <laughs> the, 
when they do promotional materials in today's time, it feels mm. very dark. Like when like uh, the RuPaul's Drag Race people like sending like uh, people with like big boxes of like goodies to like promote yeah. the show. It's like, I know that you're trying to be fun, but in like the middle of a pandemic and multiple crises, this looks really bad. Am I? I know. <laughs> but can I say one more thing? As someone who doesn't get promotional materials, I am dating someone who is a journalist who has covered various parts of um, He's dating media, and, media and culture. <laughs> and <fashion. laughs> I just mean like he is now grandfathered into so many of these press lists. And every single day he has a new something or other that has arrived. And it's just like, ugh, I got another ostrich egg. I don't know where I'm going to put it when it's hatched. And as much as I don't want to be jealous, it makes me so jealous. It's nice to get mail that you don't know what's in it. Mm, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that's why when people send anthrax, it's so intriguing. <laughs> I know. Why don't any of these shows promote <laughs> themselves by sending anthrax? <laughs> I mean, you had, it would get so people bad. talking. Yeah, it would get lips a flapping. Oh, yeah. okay. Here's how you do it. You put out like, like if you send out like 500 uh, gifts, and then like 10 of them are anthrax. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. You you send the right person a white powder that's not anthrax. People are going to find out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. This is a good way to pro- <clears throat> to promote something like, let's say, the the masked singer, like something that has an yeah. intrigue element mm-hmm. to it. It's like yes. send everyone masks. One of them is filled with uh, bees. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody sends anybody anthrax anymore. The world I know. Changed. It's a lost art. <laughs> I mean, I don't want people to do that to me. And I it, it fills me with fear when I yeah. read about it happening, but like fear is a powerful feeling and it's not, it's a much more powerful feeling than I've ever felt about the masked singer generally. Exactly. Well, I mean, that. not to bring Trump into it, but as we've learned, we live in an affect based culture where it it's more about feelings than, um, you know, uh, logic or facts. Mm-hmm. So if you can just get a few people deathly afraid or even close to death, Literally, mm-hmm. uh, that would do much more to promote a show like The Masked Singer than being like, these are our ratings. If, yeah. If you told me if you were like, Nick Cannon, host of The Masked Singer, is he? Was he? he I was, think that uh, he, he is. Got talent for a while. Wait, but. but I think he's Masked Singer because I was recently watching it. Okay. On Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I didn't I talk about anyway, I think he is. Anyway, go on. Say, yeah, whoever's sorry. the Mask sing, masked singer, whether it's Nick Cannon or um Tom Bergeron, uh, mm. or Jane Krakowski, Jane Krakowski, host of the new show uh Name That Tune, but go on. Ed Asner. It could be anyone. Yes. Ellen. Oh, Ellen. She's hosted things. Um if if it got out that that let's say Nick Cannon was sending envelopes full of unidentified white powder just randomly throughout the country people would not stop talking about the mass singer. Yes. So maybe the solution is not actually sending anthrax, always having an air of danger. So sending literally just like flour. You need one person to die. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. You need one person to die. If you really want people to talk about it, one's got to go. I mm. think, what if you, I, I think, I think yes. I, I want to put a pin in that, one person dying. But I will also say, I think what you could get is a very famous person 
frightened of dying and then it would have a similar effect right right if mariah carey was like i mean i guess they used to be married so that's the wrong that feels like it gets into a dark territory but like <laughs> oh, if, that feels like it gets into a dark territory <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about killing people with anthrax i'm putting a pin in that <laughs> Okay, so if you get so if you Aguilera, want on the ver on the to almost to have a fear of dying, just a fear. If Christina okay. Aguilera, if she opened right an envelope and and called the FBI and yes. there was an investigation into the masked singer, then that would be prestigious enough that it would be like someone a, a nobody like me dying to promote the masked singer. I think Christina Aguilera having a near-death experience screams prestige. Well, <laughs> you know, I love Christina as the reference. I wonder if it should be someone maybe more um, news-oriented. Like, okay. imagine if Kate Oric got it. Um, you, oh. know, <laughs> you know, someone, because I feel like if Christina Aguilera got it, it would be like, well, she's always kind of weird. Like, she's a little kooky. Like, I, you need someone, uh, someone you can trust. Sure. What a strange, strange time to refuse to yes and is the moment Josh mentions Christina Aguilera. We have so far created the most elaborate world in which people are sending anthrax to promote shows. There are celebrities that are dying. I'm not even sure legally, this is so intricate and expressive. I'm not sure legally this podcast can air. (laughs) Right. And then, but you draw the line of Christina Aguilera, and if you think it should be Katie Couric, here's the thing: I'm not drawing a line. I'm not saying no. I'm saying, well, let's think. If we're getting to the realism of it, let's think about this for real. And it's, okay. I, I want to say I don't blame Sam. I put a pin in his idea of killing one person with anthrax, and so I feel yes. like he's putting a pin in Christina Aguilera. Okay, fine. How you about know, this? You, you opened it up for for all critiquing each other. Well, what's wrong with a little critique? I There's think a reality you show be able to handle notes. <laughs> There's a reality show with only two contestants, and those contestants are Christina Aguilera and Katie Couric. And the way it works is it is a show created to promote a different show, let's say The Mass Singer. The, the Mass Singer sends envelopes of white powder to 10 lucky winners, and one of them that gets the, the more dangerous white powder is the lucky winner who then chooses which one of either Christina Aguilera or Katie Couric should have the near-death experience as part of the promo for the Masked Singer. Singer. Okay, this show is called, Sam, this this folds your idea right in. It's called Who Do You Trust? Because both of them are very afraid, right? Katie Couric and Christina Aguilera. They're both like um, afraid when they open up the package, but it's like whose fear is real <laughs> right <gasps> yes i mean if you well, watch- you're adding another layer to it which i which i really like sorry go ahead sam well if you're watching if you watch the, the, all of season maybe it's maybe it's like a four season show to promote the masked singer yes you watch all four seasons- one episode of the masked singer <laughs> <laughs> if, if you watch all four seasons of this show tell me you won't be hyped as hell to watch the masked singer <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mean, I'm I'm imagining the promo for this show. It's like, it's Christina Aguilera and Katie. Truly just like a little promotional um, uh, teaser. It's them just like hugging in tears. Just like, truly, they both think they're going to die in kind of a glass cage. And then finally, they're like, we're going to go to Marge in Kentucky. And then Marge (laughs) is like, 
I pick Christina. <laughs> wow. Could we just um just as an as as an alt in case in case people are like why are you a group of men imperiling women yes. and instilling them with the fear of death? What yeah. if there was a a, a spin off? Who do you who do you trust? Men and it was uh, Ted Danson and Charlie Puth. <laughs> yes, that's exactly wow. who it should be. Ted Danson and Charlie Puth are the perfect analogs to Katie Couric and Christina Aguilera. Charlie Puth. That's really how you say that name. I don't. What know. did you think it was? Huh? I guess Puth. Puth. Oh, Puth could be. No, it's Puth. <laughs> I mean, it's just Puth sounds so silly. It's There's crazy. no way to not sound silly with that. I'm sorry, you think letters. Puth sounds less silly than Puth? Um, yeah, George, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that with 100% confidence. Puth sounds less silly than Puth. I Wait. Puth sounds the silliest. Puth. <laughs> I like Puth. Puth. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then he goes by Puff Daddy. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Um, well, we I think we should wordplay. I feel like we should maybe do our first segment. Oh, my God. We're so on the same page. Mm-hmm. We're like Peter Couric and Christina Aguilera before one of them perishes. <laughs> okay. Our first segment, Josh, is called Straight Shooters. And it is a segment where we gauge your familiarity with straight culture and, and, and straight language and straight concepts. By giving you a series of rapid fire questions where you have to choose one thing or another thing. And it's kind of a Rorschach test to figure out what, you know, you're gravitating towards one thing or the other. What does that mean about okay. you? Okay. And the one rule is that you are not allowed to ask any follow-up questions about any of the questions or about how the game works. Okay. 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 This is what I deserve. <laughs> okay. Josh. Um, I have a startup, or I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of ending things. Josh, writing an op-ed about being silenced, or posting a hot pic to raise awareness of body positivity? <sighs> posting, a, posting a hot pic. Okay. Baja Blast or Code Red? Code Red. Fantasy football or income inequality? <laughs> well, fantasy football. Um, getting canceled or getting convicted? Getting convicted. Liberal infighting or adult bedwetting? <laughs> Liberal infighting. Martha, Mary, May, Marlene or Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy? Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. I think one of the M names is wrong. It's <laughs> I think it's Martha, Martha Macy May Marlene. Oh, I, damn it. But that was a good what? one. Oh, I was going to ask if that was a trick nope. question, but I'm not allowed. I understand how this game works. Gosh, focus. <laughs> white Teeth by Zadie Smith, White Girls by Hilton Alls, or White Bean Stew by Alison Roman? <laughs> um, white Girls by Hilton Alls. Sam, are you done? I'm done, actually. Okay, wait. Josh, now I want to know what your question was going to be. Um, <laughs> I totally forget. It was... Uh, wait, what were we talking about? Martha Mason, me, oh, Marlene. It, I was going to say, was that a trick question for me? Sam, oh, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, uh, here's the thing. I, you know, I was like, oh, what was that movie title that used to be funny? And then I Googled it, and I was like, okay, got it. And I jotted it down real quick. But I jotted it down a little too quick. 
And but I think that's a, that's a, such a that's such a great straight shooter. That's like one of the best we've ever done. I think it's such a good tight one in that both are movies that have funny titles. One is more feminine. One is more masculine. Mm-hmm. No, it's I think you did a really good job, Sam. No, it was really stupid. And I mean, no, I just you know, I I know you are feeling really insecure right now. And wait, hold on. Um, it was Martha Macy, me, Marlene. Then I picked that one. Marcy, no, Martha, Martha, Marcy. I think it's Macy. I think it's Macy. I wrote Marcy. God damn! Can somebody do Marcy? It's Marcy. Marcy from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy to that one. Okay, <laughs> but it is Marcy. I wasn't okay. when it, when I thought it was Mary. I was like, no. But now that no, I know it's it can't Marcy, be Mary. Yeah, then it's that one. Yeah. Marcy is the... It's interesting that it ended up being Marcy and we were debating between Mary and Macy, which if you put them together, create Marcy. <laughs> <laughs> what is a Marcy but a Mary plus a Macy? A Mary plus a Macy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's right there in black and white. <laughs> George, have we fully given up on scoring our guests? Or- I... Well, so so Josh, to take you behind the curtain, which Please. everyone begs us to do. I didn't want to seem desperate, but I was aching for this moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so basically this the way this segment has worked in the past is we don't we don't say the Rorschach test bit and we're literally just like, this is a series of rapid fire questions. You have to answer them and you can't ask any follow up questions. And then everyone is obviously confused and they're like, wait, am I picking the straighter one? Wait, am I picking the one I like? Blah, blah. And then the whole joke is that we then get mad at them and we're like, you can't ask any questions. So then we were like, is that too much to literally have that same exact joke every (laughs) in and out? And this was, and I have to say in retrospect, Sam was right about this. So my, I was the one who was like, is that bit getting old? But I think what we've been now doing for three episodes, which is over explaining it <laughs> yeah. and explaining about the behind the scenes of the bit, I actually think, weirdly enough, that's more tiresome than just us doing the same bit. Well, let me take you behind my curtain, if I yes. may. Wow, this never happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reverse curtaining. So mm-hmm. I have been, I, uh, I listened to an episode of the show. Yes. Today, in preparation, I enjoyed it very much, but I knew coming in that I wasn't going to be allowed to ask questions and that you were going to be evaluating me on my answers. So I came in very prepared, and so I feel like I was maybe over-prepared for oh, this new world. Prepared. Yep. Yes. Well, it's only, you know, recently, obviously, as everyone knows, our podcast is growing exponentially and we have a lot of celebrity fans. And so a lot of people, it's, it's now more common for our guests who have listened to the podcast. Sure. I would say for the first... Nine months. That was not the case. Okay. So it's um. So but but that is an added variable that we have to consider. Is people know how we're going to trick them? Mm-hmm. It started to become um a bit of a. It was notable because you know we're you know we're in the early stages of like having our close friends on the podcast, and never did they listen to it before. Sure. And the listeners, they'd say. Uh, this is is this on purpose? Are they faking it? Has truly no one listened to it eight months in? <laughs> right. Well, the, 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 our our official um, tagline for Strader Lab is: "Is this on purpose?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're playing with the form. We're going behind each other's form. curtains. Why not? I like that. I kind of like a uh, an intermingling and a, a mutual parting of curtains. Yes. 
you know, and especially for us three titans of the industry, mm-hmm. we have such iron curtains up. We don't let any secrets mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And um, to just let people in week after week now is it's so rare. Revolutionary. <laughs> it's I've never shared any. Nothing I've said on this podcast so far has been true about myself. So this is the first time that I'm I'm even opening up a tiny bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just admitting that I have curtains. That's the first step. <laughs> I I mean I feel like a great topic for this podcast not to not to uh, suggest for other episodes is not having curtains. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so wow. funny that you say that because I, as I've discussed on this podcast now many times, I feel a sense of paralysis about decorating my new apartment, and I've lived here for three months, and one of the things I don't have is curtains, so it would be a real self-own. <laughs> okay, speaking of topics, Josh, I really want to get into yours. Let's do it. Um, wow, in a record, it's so rare that we get into the topic this know, early in the game. Um, but you came in with a lot of really ni- really good topics, and I, and I do want to kind of mention them because it was difficult to pick. One was Ben Affleck, one was The Big Lebowski, one was The City of Boston. And I think that's it. And, and, then, which, and then we landed... Sorry, Sam? Tell, and tell us where we have landed. Yeah, tell, introduce the topic that we landed on. The topic that we're going to discuss today in, in, of straight culture is framed posters, as, framed movie posters as decor. Yes. Framed movie posters as decor. Mm-hmm. And so accurate. Do you, do you have framed movie posters as decor? I don't in my home now, but I have, there has been a period in my, in my life where I've had mo- ver- various movie posters in various states of framing and poster nudity. <laughs> what would you say is the most straight movie poster you have either had or not had framed? The Big Lebowski, for sure, which was Got another it. one of my another one of my suggestions as a topic, and it was it wasn't quite framed, but it was in a a stiff clear plastic sleeve, which mm-hmm. is kind wow. of the yeah, the slobs frame, if you will. <laughs> So there, it's funny that you say that that's the slobs frame because the, the other, I would say the heightened slobs frame mm-hmm. is those wooden rods that you like hang the poster oh, off yeah, of yeah, and yeah. then hang them in with two strings. It's yep. like, that's right. maybe that's the, the queer slobs frame. <laughs> that's that's like, ooh, uh, a message from the king. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> ooh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Whatever does he mean, my liege? <laughs> You know, when Wait, that, yeah, there's a, it reminds me of like the, the king, the like evil villain in Pocahontas that with like, the, like there's one where he opens the giant parchment. Yes. It, it's colonialist. <laughs> it's essentially colonialist. It's essentially colonialist. So Sam, what is the most straight poster you've ever owned? Well, movie you mentioned it, you know, back when I didn't have a personality, I didn't yeah. uh, know who I was and I was just grasping at straws. You better believe my ass had a Pulp Fiction poster in my freshman uh-huh. dorm. A classic. A classic of the genre. A classic of the genre. And you just think you're finally free from your parents and you say, what am I? I actually have never had a personality before. Right. I got to get one quick. The thing about people our age having a Pulp Fiction poster uh, in Big Lebowski, it was like a few years difference, is by the time we were decorating dorm rooms and our own apartments and stuff, that was not an edgy movie right. neither was an edgy movie anymore right they were both like, canonized yes yeah, yeah like no, recognized no, as widely snubbed by the oscars pulp fiction and uh you know i think so like by the time in the aughts we were not like taking a stand with our pulp fiction posters yes no correct it's kind of like being like 
I love Memento. (laughs) (laughs) But I do want to, sorry to, you know, um, once again, steal the spotlight, but I do want to one up both of you. (laughs) I do. I just, before I forget, because I want to one up both of you, which with the poster I had in my freshman dorm. And this is, so you guys are talking about like, oh, it's, you know, these are, it's, it's kind of embarrassing because they are movies that are not as provocative as one thinks they are. And they're kind of candid. Mine was more like, I am so desperate to appear sophisticated, but Mm. don't have anything, but have nothing to show for it. Like have no taste, have like, have never actually seen a good film or read a good book. And what, what is the way I can just project that I think I'm sophisticated at 18? And it was the following. It was a Japanese Amelie poster. No! <laughs> that is insane. My neck snapped. <laughs> Just... I mean, if... truly both of your faces were... I've never seen such shock. I, I mean, when, uh... when you said Japanese, I was like, okay, Japanese uh, a version of a... Or poster for an American film. No. No? Double international. <laughs> Japanese poster of a French film and literally the one French film that had been, it is the most basic one. It is the one French film that all basic, you know, white girls, not to stereotype, were like, it's literally like the proto Emily in Paris. (laughs) Her her name is very close to Emily. (laughs) 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 Wow. I've never admitted that. Um, in public do you feel better or worse i mean this is really me pulling back my curtain to reveal a japanese amelie poster <laughs> how embarrassing that when i finally it's like it's like you know the poster of dorian gray like there's something hidden and finally you're like here it is and it's a japanese amelie poster and yeah. she looks like shit <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like an aged emily in paris <laughs> i have to say sam i've never seen you you truly look like you've lost all respect for me it's to see you in that way is jarring because you know, <laughs> you know like at this point you're, you're like intellect or whatever and your pretentiousness is a little bit earned you know you like you've done the, the reading um if you will uh you know you're dating michael barbaro and <laughs> so it's it's all sticking through him through sticking with him through the scandal <laughs> Exactly. Yes. And now I'm learning, like, when you learn that someone, it didn't come naturally. It was, like, very on purpose. Like, it, it takes away <laughs> some of the, like, it, it feels a little crazier. I, it starts, it, it makes me scared of you. It's, it's like mm. when, a, when a, um, a baby has a big head. <laughs> and then the baby grows up and you're like, oh, that's a regular sized head. It fits you so nicely. Yeah. <laughs> It's exactly like that, Josh. Thank you. Um, yes, I had a big head I, as an 18-year-old. And it also, it's the difference between us is interesting because I chose the route of like, let's fit in, let's, let's, uh, let's follow the peers in a way. And you said, how do I get a, as far above my peers as I possibly can? But I think what you're, but what you're not kind of taking into account is that there were actual cool people during this time that like <laughs> did have like i wasn't and, and meanwhile i didn't even 
know who they were or how to be friends with. Like, I realized this later after I left college. In fact, I realized that when I went to Coachella my senior year of college, <laughs> and I realized that I that there was this cool group who were like naturally going to Coachella, whereas I was like, <laughs> had to put on, I was like, I have to go thrifting to wear something to Coachella. <laughs> like, and so in the meantime, like there were people when I was ordering my Amelie poster from allposters.com that were at the time, like doing drugs and going in. Cause I went to college in a big campus school that was not close to a city, like p- that were actually going into the city to like go to concerts and had fake IDs. And meanwhile, I was like, watching Amelie on my laptop. A, a question. Yes. Did you speak French or Japanese at the time? Well, let me nip the latter in the bud. I did not speak Japanese. <laughs> okay. In terms of French, I did take French in high school. Um, but I but certainly I was not at the level where I was watching French films without subtitles. Because I was like, because that's, if you're watching a French movie right. where dubbed in Japanese, dubbed that's in Japanese. <laughs> Yeah, I do want to just come right out and say I had zero relationship to Japanese culture at all. Still have not been to Japan, you know, no connection to it. Like you have because of the book. Yes, yes, Um, exactly. (laughs) Oh my god, Josh, this podcast isn't about George. This podcast is about you. So (laughs) my poster is. the so the big Lebowski not framed in the clear stiff plastic sleeve it came in that's important I think Pulp Fiction strikes me as like a a, a beloved straight classic but the yeah. big Lebowski in both the tone of the movie and the 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 format in which I decided to display the poster kind of um, embody the straight male quality of not trying very hard. <laughs> Right. So I think that's that's part of it. It's also I think the Big Lebowski and Pulp Fiction are interesting because both of them actually have an iconic, very campy female performance in them. Yes. Yes. But yes. they have been written into history as straight movies. Yes. And the Big Lebowski, I th- I think Pulp Fiction has a a broader fan base. The Big Lebowski, I think if you pulled a uh, hundred women who date men, especially white men, and they were like, "What's the movie the most boyfriends have tried to make you watch, even though you've already seen it?" They'd be like, "The Big Lebowski." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, do, I, I don't like dislike the Big Lebowski, but it is one of those things growing up where it was like, "This is a little bit forced on me." Like, mm-hmm. I'm doing this because I feel like I'm supposed to. It's funny, bit. but it is one of those movies, and I, ha- I actually feel this way about like a lot of kind of boy movies like that where I've almost now come back around where first they were forced on me then because it felt so forced I rejected it and was like no I only like gay stuff (laughs) but now as I'm older I'm like I love the Coen brothers I love like certain Tarantino movies like I actually rediscovering them without the biases that were like part of how they were introduced to you is like a different experience. I actually just watched rewatched Fargo the other day, and I was like, I I saw it with new eyes. Talk about an, an iconic leading female performance. Yeah, true. Victoria and Fargo, terrific. But Julianne Moore in The Big Lebowski, great. I still iconic. love. I still love The Big Lebowski, but I do. I feel like be, the one of the things 
about like being a good person is like being a fan of stuff in a way where you're not just like shoving it in people's faces. Right. Yeah. There's so uh, back to the, the laziness of straight male decorating. Yes. Um, (laughs) I also in the same, in the same vein, I think that's like where like graphic tees come into play. (laughs) Because it's like, well, I don't want to, like, show you through, like, colors and, like, patterns what my deal is. It's like, I'd rather just tell you I like this thing. Like, I just like this thing. Um, hey, remember is- the Ninja Turtles? My torso fucking does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is me, okay? Get over it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, I, you know, we, we can't talk too confidently because I'm sitting uh, in front of a white wall with a green screen on it. And George is sitting in a completely white, undecorated apartment. You know, yours is actually the only apartment that is sort of tasteful. And I see framed things in the background and a little uh, couch. I oh, think. yeah. there's. Well, it's to be to to pull back a, a second curtain futon. How many? Mm. Oh, okay. Well, how but it, get, it is giving off. me, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot, it is giving me guest room energy. Thank you. Yes, I'm glad that energy comes through. This is office slash guest room. So yeah. the futon is for, for sitting while you're doing work or for when we have a guest. And so it's not, uh, I'm not a, a, a married person insisting that his wife sleep on a futon. Right, right. So that would be... But it's practical, babe. <laughs> God, that would be psychotic. That would be like <laughs> really like hard. a grown, like an adult, a successful adult, and you would refuse to not sleep in a futon. I have to. It's even in a studio apartment. I feel like the move is you sit on the edge of the bed, <laughs> you yes, get a futon, and turn it into a couch each day. Yeah, yeah. That's like I like this. Hold on. Here's a character of. A successful businessman who sleeps on a futon. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing you do every day when you get up in the morning, you rise with the sun, you turn your bed into the couch. It just sets the tone for the day. (laughs) I love the idea of someone doing one of those, like, you know, uh, habits of highly productive people and then reveal. I'm sure this has been done as like a shout and murmurs, but like revealing through. Th- through the various steps that they're absolutely batshit insane it's like <laughs> like first you turn your bed into a futon then you open the door into the street uh, whatever like it, it it just like becomes clear that they're literally living like a um <laughs> you scream at the first only I can think uh-huh. one example to make this funny <laughs> no i love this just like the seven high- habits of highly productive people you turn your bed into a couch you open the window you yell at a dog <laughs> you boil a rock half an hour nice and hot wow. and see, this is why they pay you the big bucks at undisclosed workplace <laughs> Wow. You'll never oh, know, listeners. You'll never know. I mean, Boil a Rock is, I'm sorry, but that's genius. Well, I don't care who you are. That's, <laughs> okay? Right. We were literally. I don't we were care. just talking with Spike about like when people, when comics say, that's a perfect joke. But like, that's me with you saying, Boiling a Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how hot your rock still is from yesterday. You boil it again. <laughs> you can't it's just to prove that you stick to commitments 
Uh, God, that is though. Like, I could see that being um, one of those. You know what? Like when when comics will be like, no matter what, go to seven open mics tonight. Yeah. Like, even yeah. if you're literally like, that's comment. It's like boiling a rock over and over again. Is commentary on that <laughs> exactly what that is? Just yeah. like all that stuff that people say. It's like uh, you've got to get to at least. 15,000 MySpace friends <laughs> in this business. Just like all the wisdom that's just like, well, that's how one guy you know did it. That's the only reason you're saying that. That's yeah, no, my least literally. favorite thing in the world. When people that like are successful are like, well, it's kind of, you just got to write. Like, oh, you want to know how to get a writing job? Just write one play. And it's yeah. like, no, that worked for you. Like, what a for everyone. That's insane advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I do want to issue the Straighter Lab Challenge if boil a rock every day every morning for a year and then send us a photo of and then do a tiktok of all 365 oh yeah like a time lapse of all the rocks time lapse of the rock it's like yeah it's the same <laughs> is it okay, the same not- wait this is important is it the same rock every day yeah, same same rock rock. every day and then rock. it's like it's like an up rocks video that's like this comedian <laughs> boiled the same rock every day the results are actually what you would expect <laughs> Here's what I will say. I feel like if you do have the resolve to boil a rock every single day, you are doing something right. Like It is like training wheels for doing something real. It's like you want to write a movie, first try to boil a rock every morning, and then slowly switch that with like, instead of boils. While the water comes to a boil, you write. When it reaches a rolling boil, you stop writing. It's that simple. It's that simple. That's Wait, how that the Cohen brothers wrote the Big Lebowski. <laughs> the Big Lebowski. They boiled a rock every day for a year, and they said they said they made a pact with each other. At the end of the year, we throw the rock into the woods, mm. huck it in the woods, and our script is done. <laughs> I mean, I think we have a seminar. We could charge two hundred masters Yeah, it's so dumb. <laughs> this. Yeah, it may look like an ordinary rock, but I see <laughs> meditation. I see focus, and I see routine. That's what you're going to need to finish your screenplay. Hey, my name's Sam, and this is writing a screenplay by boiling a rock. People are like, this master class is interesting. <laughs> Somebody, they're like, wait a minute, that was... Uh, Shane Black, who wrote Lethal Weapon, is doing a masterclass about boiling a rock. I'm all in on this. I'm ready to invest. It is, though. It's the perfect thing that it's like, it combines that this kind of, um, oh, God, what's his name? Like, the four-hour work week? Oh, Tim Ferriss? It combines, like, Tim Ferriss sensibility with, like, weird comedian brain. This... I, I feel like oh sorry you no, go ahead I'll say mine. no no you, you, you I feel like there's all this stuff that people post confidently online like it's science or wisdom and I'm just like has that ever worked <laughs> <laughs> you know like it's the kind of thing where people are like if you ask an introvert how they're doing today <laughs> that's like punching them in the neck and I'm like I want to know because if that's real then I will change the way. I converse. But if that's just something one person who is having a bad day thought, then I will not. <laughs> no, it's literally like, ever consider the fact that whenever you address anyone, they have a trauma response? Well, it's like, yeah, I like when the infographic is like, instead of asking, how are you? Here's 10 helpful phrases to check in with your friends without putting pressure on them. And then and like, like, some oh of them are like, 
God. Some of them are like reasonable things that you might say. And then some of them are just like, uh, like I'm, I'm supposed to say like what it is, big Papa. Like that doesn't sound like how I would talk. <laughs> It's like, how are you? It's like, it'll be like less aggressive ways to say, how are you? And you're like, I didn't know it was aggressive to begin with. Like, and, and again, if it is, if, if there are people, if there are swaths of the population, when I say like, Hey, how's it going? Like you said to me, when we started, you said, how are you? When the podcast started and I didn't have a great answer, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean it was offensive to me. That just Lord. means I suck at talking. <laughs> Oh, wow. don't take the blame on this. George asked me that purposefully to bring. I purposely up. wanted to throw you off. I purposely wanted to throw you off, but um, <laughs> but there, it's like, and I don't want to like, I don't want to like bag on you know people who are living in depression or or extremely introverted. But it's like about everything where they'll it'll be like um, it'll be like the, you know, uh, cooking vegetables for half an hour, uh. Okay, that's uh, that's sexist. And you're like, I don't, know, I don't know if that is. Is it? I just want to know. Cite your sources. Yeah. There's also that thing in terms of like scientific hacks or whatever. When people will say, I once saw there was something that was like, I'll save you some time. Just cook everything in 350 degrees. And it's like, no, like different things cook at different temperatures. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but honestly, that kind of harkens back to what you're saying. It's like boil a rock. <laughs> Just boil but also, rock. Everyone is different. Like, yes. yes, there are maybe some people that have a good response to how are you? Some people that have a bad one. Some people have the medium one. But the solution to that is not to think of a different catch-all. It's to like feel out the energy of the person yes, you're that's talking. Exactly about. right. It's yeah. like to treat to treat every person with like uh, with respect and care that you're dealing with. And like if there's someone in your life that you repeatedly are like, "How are you doing?" and it 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 fills them with dread, then you can know that about that person. Um, but yeah, I I love the hacks. Right? It's just like, oh, um, if if you wanna, if you're you're not meeting enough people, just fuck a coat. <laughs> <laughs> People are desperate to simplify in a way that like, rock rocks code can't work. <laughs> People are desperate to simplify. I I love like hacks that are just like so undesirable and inconvenient. Or like so non it's like forgetting that we actually are humans that have intuition. Right. <laughs> so we went off. We really did. <laughs> I'm actually not even sure. I'm not even sure politically where this rant fits like is this are we like triggered much to everyone that's like trying to be empathetic online are we like, no, i can't tell I feel my worst fear is turning into a triggered much guy by accident like every day yes oh i mean you must know how this feels as soon as there's a podcast mic there's a little demon inside of you that says wait am i alt right now like <laughs> It is like truly my worst fear that like one day I'll just like start getting like, like I'm, you know, we're doing now for fun, but like one day I'll just hear something that's new and I'll be like, nah, <laughs> like my whole new philosophy is nah, yelled. Um, wait, I'm, I want to be conscious of the time. Josh, do we have any final words on the framing of movie posters? Oh, um, uh, Yes. Uh, let me, I think t- it's, 
movie posters look nice. A lot yes. of them. They're aesthetic. They're they're sale a sales pitch for the movie, but I don't unless they're a movie that you made or a movie that has like special significance for your life, where you met your partner, the movie that that inspired you to go to film school, the 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 most you know the uh, a movie that you watch with your your parents who have since passed like something with a specific significance other than like this movie fucking rules um then i think maybe it's like a little aggressive as home decor and i will say even if your dead father was the star of this movie uh or you watched it while you lost your virginity do not have a poster for the boondock saints (laughs) Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. I have to disagree with you there. If my father <laughs> was the star of the Boondock Saints, I would have that damn poster. <laughs> and my boyfriend would be like, "Can we take the Boondock Saints poster down?" And I'd be like, "No, my father is the star of that film. I am not taking that poster down, no matter what happens." Um, <laughs> I, it, yeah, we can't get. I don't want to get too far back into it because I also want to be conscious of time. But I do also, while you were talking about that, it made me think um, it is like a sort of a way to be like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm decorating my house, but it's not gay. Like there is a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Well, it's like art. Yeah. But it's for a movie, you know, like it. Yeah. It's like, you, I don't love you know, like, bangs in this movie, dude. <laughs> uh, wait, I do have one question that we can, end on which i think might be interesting which is what movie that is current that like was released in the last five years that we like or that's considered good will unfortunately become the big lebowski or pulp fiction of posters for like the next generation and i have an answer for this Ooh, i may want to hear your answer my answer is and i hate i love this movie but my answer is phantom thread oh interesting Huh. Because it is the type of movie that starts being like very much a film lover's film mm-hmm. and like, you know, a, a respect, you know, it's just popular enough. It's Paul Thomas Anderson, you know. So in that way, people will be like, oh, this is the one poster I can that is safe to to have in my home or something. But then as soon as one basic person will do it because they will just like have seen it somewhere and then it'll be over. I've got one that is, that starts the opposite direction that goes from dorms outward, which is Mad Max Fury Road. A hundred percent. Action and prestige, I think is a good, a good zone. Another movie I love, embarrassingly right. so. <laughs> it's so fun. Z-Way has been, t- uh, Z-Way's been tweeting about like watching it like multiple days in a row recently. <laughs> It's so good, yeah. Um, well, I will say I don't have an answer. I've been racking my brain, and I think you guys crushed it. And I'm just here to be your cheerleader. I freaking love your guys' brains, and you <laughs> nailed it. I'll tell you what. If, you, if you're having a hard time thinking about an answer for this, if while you think, boil a rock. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note i think it's time for our final segment i'm about to boil a rock to set the timer (laughs) um in our final segment called shout outs a segment that famously sam is really good at and i'm really bad at and that makes me feel insecure 
we well, it's head versus heart you know uh oh well, okay <laughs> all back to a previous episode where uh, our guest spike josh told us that in their high school they were rated on <laughs> skills of the heart and skills of the mind <laughs> <laughs> and indeed it was in los angeles skills of the heart is like skill was it was like feats no I tasks remember. i don't know but it was like something of the heart and something of the mind that's so funny Anyway, um, I have one that just came to me, Sam, but do you want to go for it? No, you go. What? Oh, wait, no, we should tell Josh. So this is like a a TRL style shout out. um, Kind of, it started out because, you know, radio shout outs, TRL shout outs are such a instrumental part of of straight culture. So it's you giving a shout out to your boys back home about something that you like or something making you happy or something that you want to raise awareness for. Sure. Um, And in the tradition of this podcast, we both... Come, came completely unprepared and are doing the first thing that comes to our mind as we speak, as you're about to witness with mine. <laughs> What's up, listeners? I want to give a quick shout out to broccoli. That's right, the vegetable. <laughs> the other night, I did something which I rarely do as a very straight edge individual, which is I had a fourth of a weed gummy and then I had leftover broccoli. <laughs> When I got the munchies, and I realized broccoli is one of the most majestic-looking vegetables. <laughs> it literally looks little trees and has such a kind of bright and vibrant color. And it's so unfair that we think of it as such a, you know, it's very like, eat your vegetables, eat your broccoli. I think broccoli should have a resurgence much like Brussels sprouts and cauliflower did in the kind of 2010s. And I think we need to make broccoli cool again. Woo! Ugh. Um, okay. What's up, listeners? Um, I just want to give a huge shout out to the college days. That's right. Those days in the dorm, walking around the quad. Oh, so there's a friend. Hi. Oh my God. Hey. Wow. I know everybody on this campus. And those were the days. Oh, the memories. Remember parties? Wow. Remember not knowing who you were really and being like, okay, I need to learn a lot more about pavement if I'm going to start fitting in around here. Damn, I loved college. What a blast. Woo. Go who's. You know, you saying like, kind of describing that experience of walking around and knowing people, it really is. There's nothing like it. My favorite thing on earth. I remember being like proud of myself. Like, wow, I saw 25 people I knew. And it was like, well, of course you did. You're in like a three acre, like, I know. And you know what? When I visit, like when I'm in, in, in Greece, I, before my grandfather passed away, not to truly bring down the mood. (laughs) (laughs) Or drop the shout out. I'm sorry, Josh, we'll get to your shout out. After I stop talking about my dead grandfather. We went to his, um, you know, to, to, to the village or, or to the, sorry, he didn't grow up in a village, but like my grandmother did. Multiple of my grandparents grew up in villages in Greece. And what I'm trying to say is that that you go to a village in Greece and it actually like is very similar to a college campus. And you're like, wow, this is just like a college campus. And then you realize actually everything used to be like a college campus, right. but because of the industrial revolution, we now feel alienated from everyone around us. Okay, so Josh, time for your shout out. <laughs> I was going to, well, before you shit all over it, I was going to shout out to the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> <clears throat> What's up, listeners? Shout out to the hour between 10 p.m. and 11 p.m. 
It is a nice time of day. You can go to sleep if you want. You can stay up and then go to sleep after. You won't be too tired the next day. At 10 to 11 p.m., you can text a friend and it's not weird. It's not too late. They won't be like, what's he doing up this late? Is he going through something? Nope. Probably just saying hi as he winds down for the day. There's some good TV on. Sometimes there's sports. Uh, you can watch. You can start watching a, a comedy special or a couple episodes of a show you like. It's done by 11. You can go to bed. Woo! Wow, yeah, that is such a good point. And it is the, it's the final stretch of when it's acceptable to start a movie too, I would say. Mm -hmm. Maybe not 11. Well, this is my toxicity is when I get to that 10 to 11 hour, I'm like, oh, I've got time. Oh, I've got a lot of time. Oh, me me too. I mean, and, and honestly, personally speaking, I would start it at 11. But what I've learned from being in relationships is that most people don't want to do that. Well, Michael Bavaro's got to get up early to publish the daily in the morning. <laughs> what Michael and I do behind curtains is none of your business. <laughs> Patreon episodes are called behind curtains, right? And it's like behind relationship with me and Michael Barbaro. Well, Josh, I have to say this has been truly a delight. We are so happy you did the pod. Uh, thank you for spending your. 6 to 7 p.m. hour with us. Another good hour. Another a classic hour. A classic good hour. Top five. <laughs> um, and honestly, rock on. <laughs> <laughs> is that how every episode ends or is that straight pandering? No, no, if you believe it, I, I just thought of that. I actually just thought of that. We, we've never done that before. It's that's, that's our <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go boil a rock. <laughs>